Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, a very special edition. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Uh, we hired my doppelganger, the twin. Uh, I am not Matt Rule, but uh, I cannot wait to see Coach Rule get here to Lincoln and uh, go Big Red. I don't know, Honk. I just saw Matt Rule on game day, and I I think you're one and the same. I'm telling you. Well, yeah. <laughs> Where are you at right now? I'm actually in my, my sister and brother-in-law's basement Husker bathroom, and I'm not kidding. They have a huge Husker bathroom, and uh, we've got Memorial Stadium behind me. So this is a... Well, that's the commitment the Redcast has to <laughs> talking about this. Uh, I'm going to walk Boomer to the morning show. Well, just glad to be on here. Look forward to my uh, breakdown of traffic on the 15s. Uh, looking outside of Kinnick Stadium, it's a cluster, and they all still suck. So there we go. <laughs> And also the Redcast Rob. Oh man, this is great. I'm actually thinking about a new summer segment. You know, I do the lunch cast, but I'm actually thinking like coffee with Rob would be like a really good option for the Redcast as well. Kind of a, a breakfast thing going on. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I never eat lunch on the Redcast, but I will definitely grab a bagel and locks you for could the and uh, some mellow sounds, you yeah. know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I won't do it from Honky's house though, because they don't have dairy there, so I can't put any creamer in my coffee. You know? <laughs> Well, um, it is a very special morning edition of the Redcast. And, uh, you know, we woke up this morning um, happy from a victory over Iowa. We'll talk a little bit about that because we got to celebrate that, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Um, but the the national uh, guys were out early. Um, Pete Thamel and others were following up on reports yesterday that launched right before the Iowa game. I think Chris Lowe at ESPN was the first, but then a few others that the uh, hire of Matt Rule was imminent. And sure enough, not only uh, was the uh, kind of the, the national media saying that it was going to happen, we have a official press release and it is uh, stamped and sealed and delivered, Honky. So uh, your reactions to Matt Rule as the new head coach at Nebraska? Yeah, I'm still trying to get the, the sleep out of my eyes. I woke up, it's 1025 right now. I woke up about 920. We got to sleep in a little bit. And I wake up to about, you know, 80 text messages and it was actually Mac. Uh, some of the text messages from Mac, I thought he sent one right before we went to bed last night. So I thought it was like a continuation of some of the Nebraska, Iowa talk. And he said something like, I'm glad it's over. And I'm like, what's, you know, what's that? And I mean, all of a sudden you start going through it and it's like, Oh, I, they made the announcement. So uh, I got to watch just a little portion on, on uh, social media, a little portion of what he uh, did on game day this morning. And Dave, you were talking yep. more about that before we went on. So I'm as interested as anything to hear that, but um, not surprised that he's the hire at all. Um, we might even get to this. We actually did a welcome video for him <laughs> about a couple of weeks ago. There was, there was thought that he might be announced at that time. So, but we couldn't mm-hmm. say anything then. Uh, so this is, this is fun. The, the, the I'm happy with the, the outcome of this. Yeah, absolutely. Boomer, I think you had a chance to listen to the interview on, on game day. He spoke to Reese Davis and Kirk Herbstreet. And, uh, you know, he started off saying that Nebraska was a program he not just only followed as a kid um, growing up in in um, uh, college in, at Penn State. Penn State uh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, but revered uh, the Nebraska program, has a, a lot of, um, you know, understanding of the position of the Nebraska uh, program in the college football landscape and uh, talked a lot about, um, you know, developing young men and said a lot of the right things you wanted to hear from a, a new coach. Also, um, you know, acknowledged the alignment um, of the Nebraska leadership from Ted Carter and Trev Albert, Alberts. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, he uh, 
he, he did a really good interview. If, if people haven't had a chance to see it, go back and catch it. I'm sure it'll be on YouTube here shortly if it isn't already, or at least get a transcript of it. But no, he, he showed that he's good with the media, especially in kind of a quick off the cuff interview like that, you know, check the right boxes, you know, comments about the fan base comments about he's already spoken with Tom Osborne. You know, he, he knows the field, he knows the fans. He talked about the importance of, you know, the, getting players and developing them and getting them to the next level, the NFL. I mean, that's something. Yeah. Yeah, that we've kind of lacked, I think, just as a and excelling at the next level. He really yeah, emphasized, exactly. yeah, excel at the next level, no less. So, you know, if anything, you know, they always say you don't want to win the press conference, but that was a nice press conference, a nice little interview he had. So, and I think it it shows that he at least does some homework and knows what he's talking about and, and knows kind of what he wants to do already here as a coach. Yep, yep. Rob, um, obviously, we've had some time here over the last. Oh, five days or so where it seemed like the rule um, hires seemed to be more and more likely to consume a lot of information on on that real honky sent out a lot of links of interviews we've heard and articles written about him. Um, what, do you, what do you think of this hire? Uh, I like it, um, especially what he did at Temple, what he did at Baylor, um, as far as kind of resurrecting a couple programs. I mean, Baylor, if I'm correct, right, they were basically in the death penalty at the time, and he was still bringing talent into that school. And and uh, he took over you know, a tough situation, and he and he really did much and, tougher, I mean, and and a much tougher situation. And he's still coming into a tough situation. But I find it interesting that they announced or it kind of leaked that he was going to be signing a contract before the Iowa game, because you know, some of those kids are on social media, like sitting on their phones in their lockers before the game, getting ready for the game. And they're going to see that kind of stuff. And I wonder how much it impacted just the emotional state of the team, knowing a lot of these guys that are coming back next year, knowing who they're going to be playing for and going out there. I mean, and I don't know, I'm, I'm speculating, but how much of an audition quote unquote, a lot of these like younger players were making, knowing that their new coach was probably watching the game. You know, and and sure, I'm, I'm, sure, ex- sure. I'm excited for it. I, I think I think it's great. I mean, th- like I said, I, I think I said on the show this week, I said, I think we're going to probably get a final announcement on Saturday. And 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 uh, I think, a, you know, a lot of people were feeling that and I'm glad that they did it. I mean, Dave, you were a journalism guy at, at Nebraska and, you know, this is like right by the playbook. They released it all for the morning shows like. I mean, this Orchestra is like precision. Yeah, this is this is like I, I'm telling you, this is like perfect every it just feels right everything about it just feels right yeah so yeah i mean to your point rob you're exactly right i mean uh, uh, honky i mean like i think trev did a great job here i i, I mean mm-hmm. I, I will be critical when i need to be critical i will also um lend praise uh, when deserved and um to keep this search as locked up as he did um and then be able to orchestrate this timing where I, I think it was intentional that the the official leaks really happened yesterday um so that buzz could happen during the game and then um the actual uh timing of this this morning is it was right out of a media playbook right i mean he did it perfect mm-hmm. so honk i mean you got to be happy with how trev trev did this yeah this is a, a pretty awesome weekend overall but yeah, for all the the trust in Trev people, and we've we've hesitated on some of that, Dave. You and I've talked about that, where where we just we as Husker fans, we've done that a lot in the past. Hey, the Frost effect, effect, trust in this guy, trust in that guy, and at some point, you need the results too. The results of what Trev did here end up being a at times it's painful because it was seventy plus days, but it was a seventy plus day coaching search that was done the way he said from day one it was going to be done. Uh, people didn't know a lot of information throughout and that's good. That's how you want to run one of these. And then the end result was in a timely manner. He announced one of a number of candidates. I think we all thought could have been very good quality candidates. There was, it didn't have to just be coach rule. There were other guys that could have been, uh, hired today that I think we would have thought very similar of, but he got one of them. In fact, he got one that was very high on a lot of our lists. So we got him on in a timely manner. Um, and then from the, the media side of it, to be able to, to announce it this morning so that it gets into the ESPN game day uh, segments, which is awesome. So now we're getting national talk today, a day after we beat Iowa on Black Friday. Yep. How awesome is that for Husker fans? I mean, if we need to yep. good The feeling, first big hire of the year. <laughs> first big hire of the year. Get it out there. Well done, Trev. Well done. You know, er- everything involved with this. This is a good weekend for Husker Nation at a time that we really need it starts off the off season in a great way and it starts it off early now we have our coach a couple of weeks before all the 
the transfer portal stuff, signing stuff. And uh, the, the big remaining question is uh, the guy that was coaching for us yesterday and, and what happens, what happens moving forward there. And I'm sure we'll find that stuff out here in the next couple of days. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Boomer, I just brought up our, our graphic from our uh, coaching draft, which we had a lot of fun with. Dave in a hockey's point, we Look had a, yeah. a, a, a... The Redcast was accurate, Dave. I, I feel like that was yes. edited last yes. minute. I, Dave, is that what you were working on before the show? Is that you were editing nope, that moving nope. around? I had Matt Rule up there. But we also had Mickey Joseph up here and a lot of other quality candidates. Um, and, you know, I mean, to, to hockey's point, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Trev is orchestrated this perfectly but you know the the grade on the actual hire we'll know in three or four years right uh a lot of good names on that list uh there's a great um kind of uh coaching pool this year and i think we got uh, one of the absolute best hires but we'll, we'll see how that plays out um with all those resumes though that i showed on this list everyone we could have hired everyone had some pros and some cons Right. I mean, nothing mm-hmm. was going to be an absolute home run hire. Um, the biggest critique on Matt Rule from a college coaching standpoint is he didn't beat a lot of top 25 teams, even though I don't think he had that many opportunities at Temple. And uh, his best year at Baylor, he, he lost to Oklahoma twice, um, one in overtime in the Big 12 championship game and to Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Um, what do you think about the folks who are trying to find holes in, in Matt Rule's resume? <laughs> Well, there were going to be holes in any of the resumes, right? And we said that all throughout the the process. Um, again, speaking of that process, when do you think that he was hired here? My my guess is probably middle of the week. Things were well known, right? And that's about the same time that some of those guys on that same list, Dave, were starting to get their extensions. And we talked about yep. that on this week this week's show when when Husker fans were starting to say, "Oh gosh, we're just we're giving raises to." Kiffin and, and Leipold and all that. No, maybe we had our stuff in, in order and we got our guy and it, it, you know, within the back channels, people know what's going on. The agents know what's going on. And I think that the, again, this shows what Trev was able to do to get the, to get our guy in that, in that manner. But uh, again, excited. This is, this is a, I, I'm excited with what he brings from a background standpoint, from a physicality, big 10 background standpoint is intriguing to me um, that, I mean, really, honestly, the most important thing now to me is it's that, that coaching staff, whoever he's going to bring in around him. That's, that's, what's really going to be a, a, a telling point there. And I, that we've got some very good guys that are on this staff that can, can stay, I think. And he's also got some guys that have been with him, I'm sure at different stops yep. along the way too. Yeah. You know, Boomer, I mean, we've criticized our past, coaching hires when they brought their entire um, coaching staff. And that's happened really the last two times. Uh, and then even with Bo Pelini, he didn't really actually bring a, an all-star uh, staff. Um, it seems like maybe one of the sticking points of the contract that kind of had to get worked out with Matt Rule was how big of a, um, a, a salary pool was going to be available for his coaching staff. I, I think Honky's right. I mean, I think there's a good chance there's a, a couple of uh, – of our existing coaches get retained, but he also has connections, um, not just to like one coaching staff, but he's had multiple coaches at different levels uh, and uh, some that are also ACE recruiters. Yeah. And, and there's uh, something to be said for that. We're not hiring a guy who's currently coaching. So he doesn't have a staff that he's just going to drag with him. So, he, you know, unless yep. they're all hanging around his basement, I don't know. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that, so that's a plus. And in that, probably does lend some support to the idea that he might keep some of the current staff around just to help with that continuity. So he doesn't have to start completely from scratch and hire everybody, an entire staff. It might just make sense that first year to, to keep some people that are here already just to, you know, smooth that process over, make it easier, eliminate a few variables that way. So, but yeah, he does have a very long, you know, uh, record with various assistants and has a lot of connections in the, in the coaching world. So, you know, whether it's at Baylor with Aranda and everyone that's there to, you know, all of his time at, you know, Temple and various guys at Carolina, there's, you know, lots of options for him to go to there. And then, uh, you know, one other thing I, I've heard, you know, criticisms of Matt Rule is, you know, a lot of people online, I, I've seen them playing, you know, like he's, you know, Riley 2.0, he's a 500 coach, you know, like record-wise. You know, people need to kind of comprehend statistics. They can mean a few different things, you know. Yeah, yeah. maybe he's 500 at Baylor, but you got to look at trend lines, you know. It, it makes a big yep. difference when you start at one in something and end at 11 in something. It's like, you know, 
if me and Jeff Bezos get in an elevator, yeah, mathematically averaged, we're all billionaires. But you know, you got to look at look look a little deeper into the statistics, people, before you just jump to those conclusions. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's I think exactly Dave, right. I think Dave made the right point though too, and we've said this before. And not to repeat the the mistakes of the of the of the past is that on Sunday or Monday, whenever they said they're going to do the actual press conference, um, you know, when Frost did his press conference back in back in 2017. We won the national championship. We're national championship winners. I mean, that was the, that was, we won the, the coaching hire. And I think we got a really good hire here. And yet we're not going to win anything on Sunday or Monday. The, the true judgment of the success of this hire is going to be in a couple of years, two, three, four years, whatever it is. Hopefully, um, you know, I think a true judgment of success is does our coach actually live out the contract that he has here? Meaning he made yep. it, you know, Frost got a seven year contract and only made it four years and three games. Okay. That's not a successful coach. Let's have a coach that lives out the length of his contract or maybe gets contracts extended after we've won titles and championships. That's where, you know, we're really going to know whether or not he's a, a success, but that doesn't diminish the fact that I'm ecstatic with who we got. It definitely didn't feel like this was a panic hire. We got somebody after we lost a bunch of guys. I mean, this was somebody that was high on the list. And as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, it was a couple Thursdays ago is when that the, the big news media day broke of like there might be a, an announcement. And we were asked to do a, a an introductory victory or video for uh, Matt Rule, which is actually out there at some point. I, I wonder if they're going to be releasing that uh, uh, heard at there. But uh, um, it was something that we did back then. So, I mean, the this was something that we thought was there's a very good chance a couple of weeks ago they were going to make this announcement then it kind of got pulled back a little bit you know for all the obvious reasons season's done now now you can go forward and we know who it is yeah absolutely you're right i mean you know this has definitely been um bubbling up for a while uh, i think you know rule was probably very high in, on trev's list i don't think we got the uh third or fourth or fifth choice here i think this is likely the first choice or right there and uh yep there's the uh doppelganger effect there there's the a honky and uh, matt rule comparison it's uh, uncanny i'll be honest with you and I, I fully expect when we do the show on monday um that we'll have coach rule on because honky will be in a suit and tie just stumbling uh into the studio from uh the press conference and exhausted from all the questions but he'll be ready to go right Hunk? i need to get like a carolina <laughs> panthers hat or something so they can like come in with the tie on and with with the hat go oh shoot you know put the i'm sure hey, we're gonna get guys... i mean his his coaching attire has this weird like non like this sleeveless hoodie thing of some sort well yeah that, we'll that's a, a good one but yeah, yeah. It's a smock, yeah. So, Honky, I fully expect you to get the smock as soon as it's available at all at Alumni Hall or wherever else you can buy your stuff, right? Yeah, I get this. Um, I also want I want to show this little graphic because graphic designer Swobes is amazing. So he already created our, our intro graphic, but I don't well, know. Well, he just took your picture and put it up there, right? Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> but here we have the new – I mean, look at this little thing here that the Swobes put together. So this is uh, – Awesome. Isn't that awesome there? I, I'm sure we'll have uh, – you know, other chances to use some of those things that he's creating, but I yeah. wanted to make sure we even mocked it. the colors up. Is that right? Yeah. Let's see that again. Yeah. Yeah. He, he took the Carolina blue and turned it into a red. Very nice. Well, Honk, let's, uh, I mean, Hey, let's have, we're having fun here. Let's talk a little yeah. bit X's and O's with Matt rule. And then maybe we'll talk a little bit about that Iowa win. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Matt rule. I think, you know, there's a lot out there you can listen to, uh, he's media friendly. So, he is not one to not give a lot of good quotes about his philosophy, about um, building a team and and what he believes in. And he believes in establishing the line of scrimmage, both sides of the ball. Um, and, you know, there's a really good uh, article about how when he went to Baylor, he, you know, had to kind of, uh, you know, adapt to the RPO offenses, but he still made it kind of his own. Uh, what do you think you're going to see uh, next year, X's and O's wise from this team? Mm, uh, I think personnel wise is what I, I'm interested in is that I think we're going to do, you know, some shotgun spread stuff. There might be some under center too, but, but shotgun spread, but I, I think you're going to see heavier sets some double tight ends. Uh, there's, he has a, a strong power running background that he kind of had to marry when he got to, to Baylor, he kind of had to marry it with, with what works down there in Texas and the Texas high schools where a lot of spread offenses have come from. Uh, you know, he had to kind of, 
plug his nose a little bit and say, okay, I think I need to run some of this style of offense with the power Big Ten background that I have and and make it work. And and essentially, I mean, they've they've been able to do, to do that. Now, I've looked at some of their run-pass ratios over the years, some of his, his season averages, and they've been close to 50-50 run-pass. So uh, it'll be interesting here to see what, what he does with that. Um, I, I'm anticipating, I'm, I'm hoping he wants to keep mobility with the quarterback spot that's going to be i think important there um and again some of this is having that staff a couple of the guys mickey it may we keep mickey around and, and get some of his influence on on what he has seen work and not work mickey was saying that last week in the, his press conference about the importance of having some big 10 background here with the staff and uh and that's the thing i i Ultimately, it's always going to come down to me. The type of quarterback you have drives what you do. If we've got a stick in the mud pocket guy, uh, you're limited with what you're going to do with it. If you got a guy who can move around, it opens up everything from option to, to just more rollouts and, and everything that comes along with that too. But, but, but at the end of the day, the things that Trev wanted when Trev fired Frost and said, I want someone that's going to win the lines of scrimmage and I want a grinder and all that. I think, I mean, to apply that to rule right now, the, the lines of scrimmage rule is I've seen enough literature on things he said about that. Mm-hmm. The lines of scrimmage are going to be, you know, a major focus piece. And uh, I guess the grinding part, I'm interesting. I, I want to learn a little bit more about him. Like just from, you know, uh, is this his only hobby? You know, does he go out, is he a good golfer? What's, yeah. his, what's his handicap? <laughs> I mean, cause this should be, this, this is your job for the next eight years or whatever. This is all you're going to be doing is Husker football. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I saw you know, a great quote from someone that, you know, like with the Texas high school coaches, like you did a poll of Texas high school coaches, they would all just say Matt rules, their favorite coach. Mm So I think he loves talking about football and talking coaching to other coaches. The coaching clinic could be a a great one um, for the, for years to come here. Boomer, uh, I am going to look back a little bit and then I'm going to spin this forward. So it's a two part question. I'll throw the first one to Boomer and then open up the second one uh, to everyone else. Um, With Scott Frost, when do you think he, and maybe he never did, I don't know, but when do you think he finally like realized that he was a little bit over his head with this? Like it wasn't going the way he thought it was going to go. Was it early or was it at the very end? Oh boy. That's a good question. Um, I would probably say, I think, that first time we played Michigan, he he realized this is going to be a hell of a lot harder than he thought it might have been when they just got completely steamrolled by the Wolverines in Ann Arbor. Now, that was the first year, and you could kind of have expected that. And then I think, oh, boy, like, when did he finally know it was pretty well set and done? Man, that's a tough call. I think possibly maybe the COVID season finally did that in, you know, losing to Illinois, you know, coming off that Penn State win and just having no answer. That's a good point. The game. Illinois game that, yeah. Uh-huh. And then, and maybe even that Minnesota game that year too, when you come in with a completely depleted Minnesota team and still lose, I think it, it kind of knew it was, may have, maybe it was done at that point or this was. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I asked the question. I, tough, yeah. I asked the question. My wife, Katie, came up with that yesterday while we were watching the football game. And I'm like, that's a really good question because it's a hard one to answer it's different than like mm-hmm. when does a fan think oh this isn't going to work out it's like when did the coach you know not know it was going to work mm-hmm. out hockey well you know dave you and i in year two of riley as a top 10 team we went down to columbus ohio and watched us lose 62 three and in my opinion that was you know just a, a season and a half in about you know 20 games into into the riley era and i'm like it's it's a if this is how uncompetitive we are in year two when you really had a chance to kind of go through a recruiting cycle and and you've played these teams now multiple times if that's how uncompetitive we are that's a problem well in Frost's case in year two the year of hype 2019 when we hosted ESPN game day and had Ohio State come here and that's a great it was a great Ohio State team but I mean they just had their way with us minus one drive where we got in the I formation and ran option football down the field on them. But minus yeah. that, um, we were not competitive. And that was that was a that's a concern. But but not to rewrite history, we flip it around, we become very competitive, very competitive over the next two years, constantly losing by one score or less, but <laughs> never being able to get over the, the hump. Right. And and I, I wonder, even to rephrase the question a little bit. 
was there ever a point where, where Frost is like, the staff I have here, and this is how important this moment is for Rule getting the right staff from day one. Yeah, was there yeah, a point where Frost, do where Frost is like, I'm not far away. You know, I'm, you know what, I, I'm not overwhelmed by this, but I do need to make changes because I've got things on the staff that coaches on the staff that just are not getting it done, and I need to make this change. I don't know. After year two, he did get rid of his offensive coordinator Walters, and he got rid of uh, Dewan Dewitt, so he was already That's true. You know, must have had some second tweaking. thoughts as early as that point. But Rob, you. <laughs> Yeah, I I wonder too because that question in a way is also like you know what is Scott Frost's ego like, right? Like I mean that's kind of like a, and I'm gonna say he realized he was in over his head when he lost to Northwestern in Ireland. Like I think at that, <laughs> I think at that point because of the hype coming in when you know this year like you know him sliding down the rail kind of like with all the confidence in the world like we got this and everything like that, get to Ireland. We lose, we lose 11 point lead games done North Dakota. The team comes out just flat as all get up falling. We, sure. we lose to Georgia Southern, a game that I think we were all at. I mean, I think at that point, I think Northwestern might've been the tipping point for him where he was just like, what have I done? Wow. And, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. just, it it's really to... felt that way because like honky said, the team had a ton of fight in them, you know, last year, all the way through last year. We come out, we lose a one point lead to Northwestern, season done. I mean, that was it. Like that's where yeah. it so, just felt like, okay, this is this is done. So let, let's spin it forward and yeah. on, on a more positive note is that I, I mean I think that you know to Matt Rule's credit, he has a Big Ten background. Uh, I I think he gets uh, how to win some games in the Big Ten, but there is going to be a transition, right? I mean, he I think he won two games his first year at Temple. Only one at Baylor, but that that roster was completely just depleted. They lost like half of their roster in that transition off the Brial scandal. Um, he's not not facing that, but there could be a little bit of lean times next year, you know. Um, but Honky, I mean, do you feel like going forward that we're going to know if this is going to work with Matt Rule sooner than later, or is it going to take a year two or a year three where you finally start to feel like this is this is definitely going in the right direction? I mean, it might take till year two or three, but you'll definitely see in year two or three, you should, if it's going in the right direction, you should see wins and, and I mean, being competitive. I don't know what divisions are going to look like. The West sure. might not be the West by he get by the time he gets to year two. But what happens it, specifically the next season, because to your point, his first years at both uh, Baylor and Temple in different situations than we're in right now, his first years, they were pretty sparse for the wins. Um, that doesn't necessarily have to happen here. I'm not trying to say, hey, we're going to go 10 and 2 next year. But but uh, what happens in the next couple of weeks can play a big role in what happens next year. How many guys do you lose? We just saw Trey Palmer today uh, already has announced to go to the into the NFL draft. And he probably should. I mean, he's the you know, he just had the season uh, broke the season record for receiving yards at Nebraska. OK, so, I mean, I expect to see that. But um, a difference for year one of coach rule at Nebraska versus those other two spots is college football has changed since then. And when you bring in the transfer portal, which is an option that you have to get some immediate players in there that we didn't, he didn't have before when you have hopefully coach Joseph around and you can maintain some guys not leaving. You also can keep that recruiting class in place. You can go out and already start getting guys pulling in guys from the transfer portal as soon as, you know, the, this next semester, yep. I mean, all that and, and today's announcement it goes back to what you said at the very beginning, Dave, with you know giving Trev some some high grades for the job that he did here. Getting this announcement made today gets us started now. If we want yep. to get guys here for the spring, you wanted to make that hire today. You didn't want to make it in the middle of December. You want to get stuff done now so that guys can start getting their plans together and get moving here. And I'm I'm ecstatic to see what this roster looks like in spring. Or yeah, because they can start. Not only can they start recruiting new guys, they can also recruit the guys on the current roster that yes. they want to keep. Right? Yes, yeah. exactly. And that's the thing. I I will say, ideally, moving forward too. That I'm, I'm not making this a hard fast rule that it, it can only be done this way. But for the most part, let's get our transfers in here to where they're actually going to be here for an off season for spring. Uh, I love Oshan, but Oshan getting here after the spring. Um, you know, win from Alabama. Heck, Drew, the defensive yeah. tackle that got here from Texas Tech, and he got here in August. Come on. I mean, you, you've got to give guys a reasonable chance to acclimate 
And that's how important the next month and a half is. If, if a guy is going to be a, a, a major player on the team next year, he needs to be on the team by January going through yeah. whatever this offseason is going to look like, whoever our new strength coach, because I'm guessing it, there's going to be a new one that comes along there, whatever that person does and staff, we need to get that stuff in order. And in order to get it in order, Trev had to do what he did today, which was get your guy hired now and, and start putting the pieces together. Yeah. You know, Rob, I mean, O'Shawn Mathis had maybe his best game yesterday. I thought he actually played really well and had mm-hmm. an impact, especially in the second half when we knew Iowa was going to have to throw and we were actually just blitzing guys. It was fun to see yeah. Tanner, Nelson, and O'Shawn all on the field at the same chasing, time. You chasing think that guy like down the field was the best. Like I yeah. I was yeah. I it was pretty exciting to watch the defense yesterday because forcing Iowa to throw the ball like that was, was fantastic. And, and just kind of seeing Bush just, I mean, every single play you've got like six guys up on the line and a couple linebackers, maybe dropping back, back into coverage, but for the most part, just bringing it. And every time there was like that stunt just coming off of the left side of our line, like you could see it every single time. It was almost like a video game where you're running the same defense on every single play. Cause you don't know any better. It was like watching Jonah beat uh, Honky or Mac at, at Madden last week. But I, <laughs> first, first though, Dave, I did have a couple things that I wanted to to bring up, and it'll and uh-huh. uh, one, I want to thank every. We have seventy two people, I think, watching us right now. So thanks everyone for taking seventy three. Seventy three. It just went up. Um, we, uh, you know what? Maybe we're better than any of the morning shows that are on TV before college football <laughs> starts. So maybe we should consider about when we record. But well, who else has Coach here. Rule on for an entire episode? <laughs> well, that's true. Okay, and then the other the other thing I wanted to bring up too is it'll be an interesting start to the season next year, right? Like his very first game is going to be against who? PJ Fleck, the one let's guy. Go get who, another trophy. Oh God, let's go get another trophy. Like bits of broken chair. Honky and I are going to be there for that game. Mm-hmm. I think producer Skip might be there for the game. I know he'll be in. Minnesota. Maybe we're all there, Rob. I Maybe we're all there. I mean, that would you know. And uh, and then who do they play the following week? that's right and who's going to be the new coach there there's like dion rumors for colorado i think vegas jair like was talking about that this morning on twitter or something who was on yeah and so that would be interesting like his first two opponents are pj fleck and dion sanders like i mean those it's going to be a great start to next year and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch you know i mean there's going to be hype there's going to be kool-aid um but my my biggest thing since we're talking x's and o's and, and everything is in the offseason, one of the things that a lot of the pundits, like local pundits, were talking about was player development and noticing how a lot of our linemen were starting to look like Big Ten linemen because of the type of workouts they were going through, diets they were on, you know, the regiments that they were being put through. And it'll be cur- I'll be curious to kind of see, one, who some of the guys they bring in from the transfer portal and how some of the guys that are actually going to be staying and playing here next year are developing in that way as far as like their bodies and their diets and the kind of programs that are being put into place like what what's coming out of the locker room that a lot of these people are going to be talking yeah, about one that's, area that's that, going to be a huge thing one area that was a major focus under the frost regime was getting big guys he wanted you know on defense and offensive lines six six was almost kind of the the minimum starting point with some of these guys and getting all the way up into six eight six nine six ten dudes and again that was on both sides of the ball uh I'm curious to see what how Coach Rule looks at that, um, and obviously there's a there's plenty of good linemen out there that are six two six three. And the one thing that we know about winning on the line of scrimmage either side is the low man wins. Low man and wins. So that, that's nothing against being six ten. Prohaska can be an outstanding lineman for us, six foot ten, and uh, he can get low and he can move guys. And uh, but it's all about being low no matter what. So I, I think yep. we're probably going to see less of a reliance on having to get guys that are so dang big. But uh, at the end of the day, it's just are you going to be a good football player or not for us? Um, I am curious with the uh, with the coaching staff. Might as well throw it out there. He does have one uh, current coach, or he had one current coach at Carolina, uh, Joe Daly, who was the the receivers coach, I think, for him. Uh, just curious if that's a guy that gets uh, gets uh, mentioned, brought along. I'm sure he'll get mentioned. Sure. Uh, but former sure. Husker, he did have a former Husker on his staff uh, there at Carolina. Well, what if and, and okay, and here's another hypothetical since you want to go to coaching. Mickey Joseph, if he stays, right? He stays, he's like in recruiting, doing his thing, um, staying on for all the right reasons that we want him to be, you know, want him to stay here. Defensive coordinator Vance. No, I mean, I, I, mean I, I it's been brought up 
in the past, and I'm just curious. You know, like, that was. I mean, I I'll, just don't see it. But I'll leave it up to Rule. I have no. I just. I, don't I, I think Rule either. Rule does have. Um, his last name is Snow Boomer. I, I, is it Jim Snow? I can't remember his name, but he's he's been his DC um, at, at least the two different stops. At and times. that's something I want to see then, Dave, over the next couple of days before we do our our next show. I'd love to get a little bit more into X's and O's of like, what does that guy run? What have yeah, they, are right. they a four four three? Are they have they been three, four, multiple? What are, what have they been yeah. doing? Yeah. Well, I don't think we're going to get a wholesale. You know, this is Matt Rule staff. He's always had sure. like Phil what Snow, we heard about. It was going to be the Phil Snow. There you go. Uh, Lance Leipold would would have brought, um, but he is going to have you know some coaches that he has familiarity with, and I think he's shown willingness to to add and, and subtract guys. Um, you know, as he goes, he had Joe Brady as an OC uh, in Carolina and had to fire him, but maybe his scheme still work in, in at the college level, just like. Matt Rule didn't exceed it at the NFL. Maybe Joe Brady's uh, offense is better suited for for um, the college. I, th- I think Jake Peets is another Nebraska guy that has a connection to, to Matt Rule. Um, so there could be a lot of interesting names out there. You know, um, oh shoot, I'm gonna I'm losing my thought here on it. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Boomer. I mean, I I think you know as we see this staff get assembled. Um, there's, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they evaluate the existing talent on this roster. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will say this is going to take a complete rebuild, right? But yet you, you, we just went and beat Iowa, who was supposed to win the Big Ten West yesterday um, with an interim coach and a bunch of players that could have quit. So, I mean, do you feel like, um, you know, Iowa, the Iowa game yesterday is a case in point that the, the cupboard isn't completely bare? Well, yeah, I'd be hard for us to say this is a bare cupboard. I mean, there, there's challenges on this roster. I mean, we all know the offensive line is a challenge. And like Honky had referenced, you know, some players are going to be leaving. You know, losing Palmer, I mean, that's a lot of productivity going there. And yep. one of our commenters had asked, you know, do we know what quarterbacks might be staying? You know, we're, I, Thompson, if, if I had to bet, probably. Thompson could come back. He could. But, you know, if I was laying money on it, I probably would say he wouldn't. But if he doesn't, you know. Or Smothers or Purdy, are they sticking around? Are they going to play next year? Otherwise, you're starting a brand-new quarterback with very limited experience. So there's challenges, yes. And, but we had also referenced, you know, the portal exists now where it didn't before. Yeah. I don't know if you can trust building an entire offensive line around portal players, but if you need a few key pieces, then, yes, you do something like that. And there's, we yeah, know, I know how important. I know Joseph had commented he was working hard on uh, – or I'd seen people saying Joseph was recruiting JUCOs hard for the offensive line, you know, during the season. So mm-hmm. trying to build yeah. stuff for next year. So there's there's going to be pieces here. Now it's just this does the staff he has put it together. Who's going to fit where? They'll they'll have time to evaluate players. And again, that's a plus to getting him hired now rather than waiting a couple of weeks too. Mm-hmm. We know time. we know how important Mickey will be to anybody that sticks around, probably on the current team. I mean, Mickey's kind of had a, such a big role with with a number of the players, Casey Thompson in point. Um, there's other coaches like Apple White that some of those running backs that we have, AJ Allen and and uh, yep. uh, Grant, uh, you know, uh, having an Apple White around could be beneficial there. Uh, but yep. this is going to be bigger, you know, with who he keeps and who he doesn't keep. It's going to be bigger than just keeping one or two players around, no doubt. I mean, it's a big decision each position coach that he that he keeps. Um, the the thought I had earlier that that left my mind when it comes to coaching staff is kind of the Kentucky model and Kentucky is not a blue blood of football by any means, but uh, one of the names that has come up in the last uh, week that benefited from Nebraska was Mark Stoops and Stoops goes out there and gets a bigger contract. Right. But his coaching staff, he has three different million dollar coaches on his staff. Each of his position coaches, uh, offense, defense coordinator, I'm sorry, not position coaches, each of his coordinators, offense and defense, but then also Vince Morrow, who uh, yep. Husker fans are, you know, remember yep. him. He was a grad assistant here in Pelini, but he's kind of their recruiting ace. And he might be the tight ends coach. I think that's what he worked with here, but it doesn't even matter what the position is. The position is completely irrelevant. It was just, we're going to yeah. pay our recruiting ace and we're going to pay our coordinators that kind of money. Uh, Cause that's what it's going to take to compete at this sec level down there in Kentucky. Well, I would, I would make the argument right now that those are certainly spots that I would want to be throwing, uh, our, our resources that too. You want it, we, we, we need to have a dynamite coordinator on each side of the ball that is not going to get out coached by the great coaches that we play every week in the Big Ten. Yep. And and where, where I've always thought with Mickey, and I've said this a thousand times, we all have, we want to see him back next year in any capacity, any capacity, whatever that was, whether he was head coach or, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, 
he's that recruiting ace. And and we need we need to there's a lot of momentum that we've built up off the field in this last year in the recruiting area, in the NIL area with transfer portals. There's a lot of momentum. We want to make sure we're not losing that. And then to Dave's point, you know, just seeing what we did yesterday, we're one point away from beating Wisconsin a week ago. We don't we're not necessarily we're not taking over a team that's just devoid of talent that can't compete on the field of teams. It's just, you know, take the best of what we got right now, build off that and uh, and add what we're going to add with uh, with this new guy. I mean, this is a this is it's exciting. I I can't wait for that next game. And damn it, it's it's only nine short months away or (laughs) that's right. That's right. Um, So. Let's, I mean, we're, we're having fun. We're, we're uh, having a lot of uh, live viewers here, so that's cool. So let's keep the conversation going a little bit more on uh, player development and NIL, right? I think I think it needs to be a, a little bit of everything. It has to be an end um, equation here. And it feels like, you know, I, what I like about Matt Rule is that he's really committed to this idea of, of player development. He had proven it at Temple and Baylor that he could go and get um, some three-star guys that were a little bit under the radar, not completely under the radar, but turn them into four or five-star guys, which that sure sounds familiar as a recipe for success in the Big Ten West for other programs. Um, but we've always said that Nebraska has the opportunity because of the fan base um, and the commitment to, to to the program to maybe go get some of uh, the, the higher-level talent guys when you need it. And, um, you know, for any recruiting coordinator, whether it's Mickey Joseph or someone else, uh, to have the NIL – uh, card in the back pocket. Um, we'll we'll see how that plays out over the next month or so, right, Hockey? Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those huge advantages. It's when people don't like to hear it that aren't Husker fans. When we say we're a blue blood, and they go, "Oh, you haven't won any games for you know, or won championships for however long." That that's not what being a blue blood's all about either. It's about the following. It's and we have and and again, this is something that Trev mentioned when he fired Frost during that press conference. We have unique advantages and disadvantages here like any other place. And one of our advantages is that amazing following, the the support and the resources we get. And that's why we can win in the NIL game. We can win in the transfer portal game. And when you're talking about rebuilding a, a roster fairly quickly, that's <laughs> those are two ways of doing it in today's world. Again, that are different from what Rule had at his uh, fingertips when he was at uh, Temple and, and Baylor. And let's even think about that for a second. He hasn't, think of the excitement he has coming into a place like Nebraska. He referenced that in his, his one quote here this morning about, you know, an honor it is to be at Nebraska and, you know, coach at Memorial Stadium on Tom Osborne Field. He hasn't been at a place that has the resources and mm-hmm. the, the support no like this either. And so, um, you know, I, the closest thing I can think of is at Baylor, you know, they did just build their new stadium, you know, a few years prior to him taking over there. So, I mean, he had some support there, but I mean, it's going to be, it's a whole cast, it's an astronomically different situation for him here at Nebraska, where, I mean, if he needs something, um, I think, you know, that support's going to be there ready for him. So, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a good spot to be in. Yeah, it's like with the quarterback situation. I mean, I think he has four or five guys on this roster that could run RPO and, mm-hmm. and, and may end up being the starting quarterback next year. Um, but I also look at an example where, you know, Lincoln Riley goes to USC. They do a great job in the transfer portal and they, they bring in Caleb Williams with them. And uh, um, USC is now in the playoff hunt. And, and uh, I mean, Caleb Williams uh, is probably the front runner for the Heisman. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but mm-hmm. I mean, if we went and landed a high profile quarterback in the transfer market, that's already proven. I wouldn't shock the heck out of me at all at this point, right? That's a great point. Just talking expectations for next year. I'm going to be I'm going to be very reserved on that. I'm also going to be it's going to be a kind of a fluid thing. Right now on day 1, just knowing what we kind of currently existingly have, my, my expectation for next year is still get to a bowl game. That's amazing if we do that. Yeah, That's something we, we haven't done in 6 years. Right? Yeah. But also to your point, if we're sitting here in 2 months and the next semester is starting up, the spring ball is starting up, and we're sitting there with some huge quarterback transfer. I mean, the top guy in the country, kind of, you know, the Caleb Williams of this year. If that's what we've done and we've made some other clear changes, then who knows? That can that can change the expectations for next season, too, accordingly. Um, I've always said that expectations for the program and expectations for a team can be very different. And the expectations I have for the program are, have always been to be at a championship level. That's what Nebraska football is about as a, at a program level. This, the expectations is that we're going to hire the best coaches and we're going to be able to have the, the the best facilities and the best everything. 
my expectations from a team standpoint can change from year to year based on what you have. And, and, uh, and that certainly can change here in the next couple of months with whatever coach rule and the staff does with the roster. Yeah, I just, well, one, I was just, I just turned around Rutgers is playing Maryland and Maryland just fumbled the ball after a great catch and, and run after the catch. And I was just, I had me- memories of yesterday's game. Um, so that was great. But one of the things, uh, for those of you joining us late, we already addressed the things about rules, overall record, um, taking statistics and looking at them, um, you know, from a from a larger view, like watching the trend lines. Boomer did a great job of, of breaking that down. And, um, you know, the so the people that are being negative in our comments, if you want, um, I know you joined us late. You can go back and listen to the entire show on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe so that you know that we're uh, when we go live and all of that. But, you know, we're not we're not going to go back. We're not going to address any of that again. Um, we've already discussed it earlier in the show. We do appreciate your comments and, and being here today. But um, those are things that we already talked about with overall record and, and uh, just kind of coming in. Someone else made a point about like if Mickey stays or our players going to stay loyal to him and try to undermine the program. I don't see that happening. Like that's ridiculous. I don't think Mickey would allow that. No, that's Mickey ridiculous. going to be 100 percent in. Yeah. Somebody commented that in there and I because I'm going through and looking at it. I mean, that is absolutely the most ridiculous statement I've ever heard. Um, I apologize to the person who wrote it. I understand there's a lot of emotion going on today, but man, that no, that's not going to happen. Mickey's not going to stay. They're not going to try to undermine the program. Mickey is a Husker. You know, he's only going to do what's best for the program. And if any of those players tried to do that, they wouldn't be on the team anymore. Yeah, Mickey's a pro. Mickey, yeah. Mickey. Yeah, absolutely. Mickey's handled everything. So if if, if things are based off the, the past performance, to our point about, you know, trust in Trev, trust in Mickey, trust in somebody, I think anyone can trust in Mickey right now is that he's going to handle these situations professionally and, and with the, the absolute utmost class because that's all he's displayed from day one since he's been here in any of any of the situations he's been put in. Uh, Mickey has has absolutely handled it the, the way that, you know, he's made us Husker proud. So um, I – which I think bodes well for him in the future here too, by the way. But um, Mickey, yeah, I'm not concerned about any of those things. No, but yeah, fellas, absolutely. this has been a great morning. I, I do. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've got to get out of here. We still have. Yeah. Let's, let's get out of here with some parting shots. And if you want to add anything about um, how much fun it was to beat Iowa yesterday <laughs> uh, as a part of your, your parting shot, that'd be great. Let's uh, let's start with Boomer. Well, first again, I just want to welcome rule to the, to the Husker family and you know I understand if people are worried about the hire if they're you know calling it Riley 2.0 or that he's a bad hire or whatever and yeah it's understandable to have those kind of concerns you know just let it play out you know we're not promising it's going to be a success we know better than that now but uh give him give him a chance you know get behind the team get behind the coach and just see what happens and then uh, as far as beating Iowa I, I just kind of want to would just suggest to people that didn't think that was ever a rivalry game in the past just kind of think of how it felt to win that game yesterday to see the players win the game grab that with that trophy as awful as it is and parade it around the stadium and just how pissed off iowa fans were yesterday online i don't know if you if anyone interacted with any oh yeah we may or may not be trolling iowa all day on twitter yesterday but uh yeah it's that's a lot of fun and that's what a rivalry game is we were a four and eight team this year but winning that game Felt like winning a bowl game or a championship. That was a lot of fun. You know, we could do that every year. Maybe just design a better trophy. That's all we need. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Rob. Just thanks to everyone again for coming out, watching us this morning. We we do appreciate you guys being here. It, it is, it is uh, super fun to be doing shows like this. It seems like every time there's a coaching hire or a coaching fire, we get more people in here watching. And um, that means a lot to us. And uh, yeah, watch that Iowa game yesterday I guess I never really thought that I cared that much either like as far as yeah because I was just tired of losing but man it sure felt so good and um and and I know it sounds pretty lame because you know it was a four and eight season but that really did make pushing through this entire season worth it like in the very end just watching that doing all the shows that we did all of just like the negative comments we're getting online everything and then just to come out with that win yesterday it just feels like it sent a, a great message to the fan base and just set a benchmark for next year that we can all look forward to some success, hopefully with the new coach. Absolutely. All right, Hawk, get us out of here. Great weekend uh, to, to get that win yesterday. It's big for the program. It's big to 
end one of the streaks against a team that's had success against us for so long to win a, a close game despite how the, how it had to get done at the end. I mean, it was it was a painful second half at times to watch, but we won, and that's that's so important. You need wins, and this program needs wins as much as anything. I want to give uh, you know congrats and a shout-out to, to two former Huskers that are playing bigger roles for us right now. One of them is Trev Alberts. Uh, he handled this whole situation extremely well we can now look on it look back on it in in the past because it's over he's handled this well he he there wasn't any crazy surprises it wasn't you know some steve peterson 40 day bunch of embarrassments he did it well so i can say i trust in trev and i can say that with uh with some experience of him handling this situation well and and the other guy is mickey uh no matter whatever happens here i just want to say thank you so much to him uh, what this season looked like when Mac and I were walking out of the Oklahoma game and what you guys, when you were up in the press box for the Georgia Southern game, I mean, those weekends, that was a, that was a low point of where you're looking ahead and you still have eight, nine games left. And it's just, Oh my gosh, what is going to happen here? And for Mickey to take over that time and really settle the things down, get the players to keep playing, to go out on the recruiting trail and just keep saying, yep, we're going to, this is business as usual. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. Um, this is one of those things I've kind of said all all along. I don't think it. I don't think you have to tell a new coach who to keep and not keep. That's not the the job of an AD or whatever. Let the let the coach do what he does. But I also don't think it's a hard sell to to look at a couple of guys on this staff right now and say, hey, these guys have done pretty well too. And we've had enough reboots. We rebooted in 2014. Started off with 100% new coaches, and it, when Riley got here, and we did the same thing with uh, the frost era. And I think we've all universally looked back on those times and said, uh, you know, let's not do that again. I think there's some good things going on within the, the program right now. And and I think uh, coach rule coming in here, he's had some time probably to evaluate things over the, the last 70 days as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, uh, how this staff and, and roster starts to get formulated in the next couple of weeks, but great time to be a Husker fan it really is really is. I'm excited to get into this off season and uh, go big red. Absolutely. All right, guys, this was a lot of fun. I woke up this morning. And I'm like, we're going to do a show today. <laughs> I can sense it. <laughs> and uh, we knocked it out early. So now we can go watch college football. Um, enjoy uh, the last full Saturday and um, just enjoy the, the victory from yesterday and, and the victory this morning, to be honest with you. So let's just have fun with it. Um, that's what it's all about to be a fan. Uh, for now, let's call that a Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red. GBR. Hoda Media Production.